This episode of the Best Seeds Podcast is presented by LA Wine Fest. For tickets and information, go to lawinefest.com. This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 116 of the Best Seats Podcast, the only podcast bringing you interviews with some of the most talented people in and around the hospitality community from right here in Orange County, where the show is recorded to the rest of Southern California and beyond each and every episode. As always, I am your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. Thank you to my friend, Allie Coyle, who provides a music for the show. You can find more of her work at AllieCoyleMusic.com. Or if you're here in the Orange County area, you can find her at any of her family's three restaurants. But more than likely, she'll be slinging amazing wines over at Fable and Spirit in Newport Beach. As a reminder, if you enjoy the show and you're listening to it on free feeds, please consider leaving a rating and or a review, sharing it on social. You got to play the games with the algorithm, and that helps us find new people to listen and enjoy the show, which is very much appreciated. You can go to thebestseats.com for more content just like this. You can check out the merch store, the blog, which is on its way back, as well as announcements about new content. But as a reminder, the best place to listen and enjoy is over on patreon.com forward slash the best seats, where so many of you support this show each and every month. It is wildly appreciated. You get early ad-free listening, exclusive access to the bonus show, and more. Let's talk about this episode, though. One of my favorite things to do is to, every once in a while, have guests return to the show. Um, I try to build out enough time in between that it's good to kind of go back and check on things. You know, this is, it's not an evergreen podcast. A lot of it is very topical. It's a cyclical industry. People, you know, people change jobs, places open, places close. But for people that really stay in business, I want to see how they're doing. And I especially want to see how they're doing when we're talking about the team at Hammerburger. Now, Kevin Hammonds and Curtis Sheets have both been on the show before. You may know Hammerburger as one of the most popular food trucks in Orange County. However, that time has officially come to an end, not in a negative way, mind you, in a very, very positive way. Because at the time of this recording, when this episode goes live on Patreon, uh, this goes up on Wednesdays now. Again, we push that for some, just some housekeeping reasons. You can learn more about that on Patreon. But when this goes live to subscribers, it'll be two days away from the grand opening of their brick and mortar. The truck has been retired. It has been sent out to pasture. Hammerburger has done so well that it is time for them to open up their own spot. Downtown Santa Ana, May 5th, 11 a.m., 313 North Bush Street. It is official. Hammerburger is going gold and open to the public, and it is going to be a wild one. Now, why is this so important? Well, number one, what a cool story. I mean, you know, you can go back and listen to the main episode that we did uh, many, many months, probably almost a year ago at this point uh, that we recorded up at Radiant. Shout out to them for hosting, by the way. But again, this is a business that launched a month before the shutdown as just a pop up concept. Now, if you go back through your Instagram and look at who you're following, there's probably a good chance that you're following a lot of pop ups that just fizzled out. Right. It's just the nature of it. It's it's hard. 
No problem with that. Totally get it. I love that people tried something new. Hamburger not only succeeded, they thrived. That food truck became a beacon, arguably one of the most popular here in Orange County, if not kind of Southern California's area. And now through the pandemic, through all of that, they have found even more success to the point where now they are moving into a brick and mortar with long-term hopes to have many of them. I'm beyond excited to get the guys back on the show, um, not just to talk about the success of the brand, but the process. What is it like to move from a truck to a restaurant? What did you learn? What did you not learn? Now, again, these are both guys who have experience in the industry, so not a lot of this was new, but at the same time, a lot of it still was new. So I really hope you enjoy this one. There's a lot of really, really cool stuff to unpack. Um, a lot of really, really awesome topics that we touch on. And again, if you are not over on Patreon for the bonus episode, you might want to check that one out because we're talking about a whole lot more over there. But in the meantime, let's get to episode 116 of the Best Seeds podcast featuring the team from Hammerburger. Enjoy. It's been over a year. I was going to say it's been over a year and very, very glad to have you guys back on the show, the team from Hammerburger um, with, well, I, normally when I have people back on the show, they're small updates. This is a very, very large brick and mortar update, which we will dive into in a minute. But as we said, it's been a minute since I had you guys on last. For those that may not have heard that episode, would you guys mind reintroducing yourselves um, for the people that did listen and introducing yourselves for the people that haven't heard before, before we get going? Sure. I'm Kevin Hammonds. And I'm Curtis Sheets. And we are Hammerburger. Yes, sir. And for anybody that knows that name in any way, shape, or form, obviously, they would be thinking of the food truck. Well, at the time of this recording, we are about, what, a week and a half out from the opening of no longer a food oh truck, God. but a brick and mortar. You guys are officially setting up shop. You have found a home in Santa Ana. And I mean, I think I speak for everybody who has ever had Hammerburger is familiar with it when I said that I can't wait. And a lot of people also can't wait. But there's a lot that I want to unpack here. There's a lot I want to talk about. First of all, how did you guys come to not only make the decision to get out of the truck, but how did you find the space downtown Santa Ana? How did this all come to be? Well, we were pretty much sick of the truck after the last rainstorm. Uh, I think the truck <laughs> found every leak, nook and cranny that it could to, to make it difficult for us to kind of do our job. Um, and pretty much every summer. Yeah, and then, you know, there'd be points where our truck would literally get up to 130 degrees on the hot end. Um, so needless to say, we were looking forward to maybe uh, nicer conditions to be able to get our job done. Yeah, the brick and mortar was kind of always the uh, master plan, the grand idea. Um, the truck was kind of our stepping stone just to see, uh, can we expand from a pop-up and grow you know, our market and the number of days a week we're serving and still manage to sell out or come close to it or, uh, you know, grow or could we kind of cap it at, you know, 30 burgers a day. Yeah. Um, and ever basically since we that started the truck, quickly. it's been snowballing and as fast as we can get at cooking burgers and fries was as fast as we'd sell them. So um, it, it, the time came that we thought, all right, this feels pretty safe. It's time to take that leap. When did you guys officially find the, the space. So first of all, we're down, it, this is technically on 3rd Street, but 4th Street is right on the other side. We are literally in the heart of Santa Ana. I mean, 4th Street Market is right across the street. El Mercado is kind of right next door, playground, kind of a lot of the heavy hitters that people know. How did you guys actually come across this space? Uh, so the previous owner, uh, Munchies, was closing and had listed uh, the assets for sale, basically. So uh, lease takeover and then purchase out the restaurant as is. Um, so uh, we found that fall of last year and it's kind of a long process of getting all the paperwork going and 
Uh, I'm dealing with brokers and stuff, but we uh, officially took over in February this year. So. I was going to say, you guys kind of bid farewell the swan song to the truck. There was one last service um, up at Everywhere Beer Co., um, who hopefully will be on the show soon. Love those guys up there. But that was about, what, two kind of months ago, give or take? And then it's just been in kind of grind mode to get this open ever since. Yeah, I think that was the first first week of March. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we were trying to, well, A, we also love those guys. Um, we have a great relationship with them, um, just through uh, previous endeavors as well, before they got their beautiful um, brewery. Um, and then we wanted to kind of let the community know, like, awareness. You know, it's yeah. we're both on, they're off Main Street, we're off Main Street, so we're off for, 4th and Bush, but we're relatively close to Main Street. So we're like, hey, come on down. It's about a 10-minute drive from here to there. And it worked out very well. There's something... <laughs> There's some dark humor in the fact that you guys are opening up a hamburger inside of what was formerly a vegan restaurant. That's kind of our style. Yeah. We kind of, we're a little metal that way, I guess. Um, we, we, guys, did, we did get the blessing from, uh, from Munchies from and previous owners good. that yeah. uh, they, they were Leo, okay Leo with. Leo from Munchies has been amazing. So The most important thing to them wasn't that a, another vegan restaurant took over. Yeah. Um, plus, we will have vegetarian and vegan options. It's, you know, we'll still kind of carry that over and expand it, really, with a larger menu. Um, but their, their biggest concern was that something that they thought was cool and good for the community, uh, came in here. That was the most important. So, yeah, there's a lot of new growth and, 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 um, you know, a lot of new buildings going up in this area. We're very blessed. There's, um, several different apartment complexes getting built up. So I think Santa Ana wants to continue to kind of keep that cool factor, not to say that we're cool or anything, but, um, we definitely are uh, honored that they included us in this new transition with the downtown area. It's been a lot of fun and we, they, everybody's been very welcoming to us and, um, we're really excited to get these doors open soon. Well, I, I want to unpack the menu because obviously more space gives you more creativity, more ability to expand the menu. But again, we're recording this and I'm looking up at one of these high rises being built right now. Um, and you're right, there is a lot going on here, kind of piggybacking on the tail of all the growth that's been going down here the past 10, maybe even 15 years, some would argue. But I'm, we're currently recording this in your bar, which you don't have on the truck. I mean, no, you guys were you not. guys were going and popping up at breweries like everywhere. I believe Radiant was the first one that we recorded the very first episode yeah. at. Um, what is it going to be like for you guys who built your following on people kind of going to the breweries and, and discovering you or they knew what brewery you were going to be at and they happen to love that brewery too? Now you guys have your own bar to kind of reciprocate and, and bring friends in. Well, before Kevin's the beer guy, so before yeah. he gets all into it, uh, for us, it was it kind of lended hand in hand burgers and, and beer kind of makes sense. Right. And then, you know, with the relationships that we have uh, through our past endeavors, it was kind of easy for us to make a few calls here and there. And then to be honest, not to sound uh, morbid, but during COVID they kind of needed us as much as we needed them, 100%, you yeah. know, with some of the restrictions that were going on. So that really kind of gave us a, a, a good foothold on what breweries worked and which ones didn't. And then, you know, develop those relations, relationships through the process. It was always kind of a calculated move too, to align with breweries. Um, we wanted to be, we knew we wanted to have craft beer. We knew we wanted to, you know, be a, a kind of a beer bar slash uh, burger joint. Um, <clears throat> the family friendly thing kind of was a happy accident, but it worked out that way. Breweries have just kind of exploded with uh, families and kids and uh, as many toddlers as there are IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for whatever reason, uh, kids really took to our food. And uh, so parents were starting to bring kids to these places specifically because they know that they'll eat a burger. We can have beers and the kids will be happy. Yeah. And they're not yeah. going to complain about, I don't want to eat this or that. So, uh, that kind of was like, okay, cool. Like that, 
that kind of launched the concept to, you know, the direction that we're going now. Well, we mentioned the space initially, obviously, you know, making the joke about it being a vegan place, but regardless, for people that may not have been to this building before, can you kind of give somebody who's listening a rundown of what they can expect when they come through the door? I mean, you know, I mentioned a bar, you know, what, how many taps behind me, how many seats are we talking, kind of what's the layout and, and kind of what can somebody experience when they come here for the first time? Uh, so yeah, it's kind of a, a, a casual um, atmosphere here. It'll be kind of a counter service situation. You come in and order. Uh, we've got these really cool trackers so that when you go to find your table, uh, you just place it on your table. It'll let our staff know where you're sitting uh, so there's no confusion bringing the food out. Um, if it's to go, the same pager will work as a, an actual pager so we can alert you to come up to the front and pick up your food to go. Yeah. Uh, really simple. And then uh, we have a, a cool bar with 12 taps. Uh, it's going to be all local craft beer. Uh, we have a pretty fun can uh, uh, options with a bunch of tall boys and kind of, you know, the more macro stuff. Uh, we'll do some canned wine, kombucha, cider. You know, we kind of want to make everybody happy. And then we yeah. can fit about probably 40 people in the dining room. Nice. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a neat space because the bar is separated from the dining room. So you can have the family aspect in the dining room. And not to say that it's going to get rowdy in the bar, but, you know, we have four TVs with full uh, sports packages. So if, yeah. you're, if you're a sports gal or guy and want to get, get a great local beer and have a burger and watch the game for a couple hours, you have that option too. Um, so Kevin and I are both sports guys, so that was kind of an important thing for us to uh, kind of establish within the community and just do it for ourselves. Um, and then we also have some really fun options too. We're going to um, start serving soft serve ice cream. So that's going to be great for the the kids and the the kids uh, the adults at heart with the kid so um you know well it's time for a little commercial yeah celebrate all things wine at the 18th annual la wine fest running june 3rd and 4th along the waterfront in long beach at the harry bridges memorial park adjacent to the queen mary come sip what you like and like what you sip with two days of unlimited wine and craft brew tastings, live music, shopping, and more. A proud supporter of the Boys and Girls Club of Los Angeles, LA Wine Fest is also excited to partner with the Hotel Maya, Queen Mary, Walter on Wine, Replenish Beverages, and other incredible sponsors. For tickets and info, visit lawinefest.com. And while you're there, enter the code THEBESTSEATS for 15% off. That's T-H-E-B-E-S-T-C-E-A-T-S for 15% off. Once again, that's lawinefest.com. I don't know about you, but 2020 had me re-looking at how I live and the space that I live in. Spending so much time at home really had me reevaluating how certain things worked and didn't in my living space. One of the main things, as an avid home cook and an obvious supporter of restaurants, was gardening. Anybody who enjoys food at all will be able to tell you that something you've grown yourself will taste infinitely better than anything you can buy at a store. That's where Ashley Irene of Heirloom Potager comes in. Heirloom Potager designs, installs, and maintains seasonal culinary gardens for chefs and foodies in Orange County. They provide organic gardening methods and bespoke build-outs used to preserve the heirloom varietals that they'll provide for seeds. An approachable and exciting endeavor, no matter if you're a seasoned restaurateur or a stay-at-home chef. Owner Ashley Irene's experience, expertise, and enthusiasm is only matched by her professionalism. For more information on how you can set up a consultation to get your own culinary garden space set up, go to heirloompotager.com. That's heirloom, H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M, potager, P-O-T-A-G-E-R.com today. 
Once again, that's Heirloom Potage. Not to get too crazy to expand many, but we're going to have more options, and you're going to see that immediately when you walk through that door. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about the menu, right? The natural part about when you're recording on the uh, when you're not recording when you're cooking on the truck, you are limited just by the fact that you are on a truck, right? There's only so much grill space. There's only so much you can do. There's only so many people you can have into it. You guys found an incredible menu that worked. You were able to do you know kind of like little modifications here and there, secret menu items, whatever it may be, but you are limited by space. You guys have a lot more space to work with here. People can kind of, whether it's kind of hang out longer or something like that. What are some of the things that you guys are looking to do with that expanded menu? Well, the goal, you know, is to kind of stay in tune with the, our concept, which is just very clean, house-made, you know, ingredients that are simple, but um, when you put them all together, have a nice complexity to it. So, uh, you know, we are going to be featuring... Um, more than just beef, beef options at this point. We're going to have salads as an option. We're going to have a lovely mixed green a house salad. We're also going to have a Caesar. And then we also have uh, chicken as an option, whether it's fried or grilled. And we can get that either in a sandwich or on top of your salad. I just completely realized that I never turned your headphones up. Okay. So you've been like probably not hearing the whole time. I, that should be a little bit better. <laughs> well, now I have to hear my own voice. Oh, boy. That meant a good. Uh, well, let's talk about the chicken, you guys. I mean, Smash Burger, the original. I mean, and Smash to a degree that I didn't know was scientifically possible. I mean, you guys get it to the point where it's like lacy almost. I mean, they're That's like the these goal. crispy bits. One of the things that generally happens in food is imitation is kind of the best form of flattery, right? You guys really came out with the Smash Burgers, and then it kind of seemed like other Orange County restaurants all of a sudden were smashing. We noticed that too. Yeah. Chicken had its own kind of craze a couple of years ago. It was kind of more the Nashville hot chicken thing that really came out, right? right. You couldn't really escape it. Any special kind of hamburger style plans for chicken? Well, are we smashing I, I birds? Don't, I don't want to reveal too much, <laughs> but yes, we are going to try to stick with a similar, you know, flat concept. Uh, we're going to be using thighs and we'll be pounding those out. And, you know, again, we'll, ha we'll have a grilled or a, a fried option. I don't want to reveal too much as far as what, what with the batter, but... Um, People got to come in and find out for themselves. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, with the grilled chicken, for example, we're going to souvé the chicken, so we'll par-cook it, so it'll be perfect. And then when we lay it on our flat top, it's going to get that beautiful browning, and it's going to still stay nice and moist because we're going to brine it the day before, so... Um, I don't want to reveal too much. I kind of want people to be surprised, but... But yeah, it's exciting. And then we're also going to have some fun side options, not to get off, off track, but we're going to um, incorporate uh, onion rings, not only as the side, but into one of our burgers. And we're going to introduce um, uh, sweet potato fries for those that can't have the starchy potato. Nice. And fried pickles. Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, that was the that's end of the episode, everybody. That was those, good. That was all I wanted, just the fried <laughs> pickle famous pickles, you can get fried now. <laughs> that's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Yep. A million more people are going to be showing up now. Well, again, at the time of this recording, you know, we're a little ways out from opening. Uh, when this goes live, I think the day it, it goes live on Patreon for subscribers, that'll be a little bit before, uh, maybe like a day or two before. I don't know. I have to double check when it opens. But you guys opened Hammerburger kind of in the pop-up phase. We had the truck going. Everything was kind of pre, right before everything. I want to say it was February 2020 when it kind of started. Mm -hmm. You guys obviously learned a lot throughout that time running the truck and running the business. What have been some of the biggest things you've learned while switching to brick and mortar that were kind of different from just doing a truck? Well, 
Everything, really. Yeah, pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was new for both of us. Kevin and I have been loyal min- middle management servants for half of our the bulk of our careers. So this is our first endeavor where it's completely on us. And um, so it's been a lot of fun. We, we, I, I feel like we make a really good team. Kevin's very organized, methodical. Uh, I come up with crazy concepts and we, we were able to kind of put it all together and make it work. I think the biggest thing we've learned is um, every used thing that you buy is broken. <laughs> so <laughs> that's fair. We were so excited when we moved to the building because we're like, oh, we got look at all these refrigerators. We've got an ice machine. We got a, you know, a soft serve and this and that. And like after we turn on everything, we're like, oh, cool. At least the soft serve works. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we thought we could open like mid-March, like two weeks after we retired the truck. And then uh, we actually had issues with our ABC beer and wine license getting through in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we pushed things back till beginning of April. And then uh, by the time all that stuff came in, we were like, wow, everything needs to get replaced or fixed or getting parts to fix, you know, whatever things broken was four weeks away. Getting people to come out and service something takes two to three weeks. And uh, so everything was just kind of like, okay, this is, uh, this is a little harder than <laughs> we knew it was going to be hard, but not in the you know, ways that we thought. When it comes to the space, it's one thing to have items in the kitchen that need repairs. It's one thing to have a space that you're now turning into your own. But you guys get to do something that you didn't with the truck because nobody gets to go in the truck but employees, right? You're not being able to provide that experience. They get to see the food. They get to see the truck, maybe some merchandise. But that's about kind of the extent, you know, you're limited, right? It's just the reality of a food truck. Now you're inviting people into a space to also give them that experience from the four walls and the roof around them. What was kind of designing the space like for you guys to be able to continue to kind of evolve the Hammerburger brand? I mean, kind of working with what we were given with the space that they provided and then just, you know, put our own flair on it, like our own personality. Uh, Luckily, Kevin and I are very in sync as far as what we like and what we don't like. So it's been very easy. You know, they always joke about how a remodel could break up a marriage. Well, we've been pretty good so far. so yeah, it's really just kind of getting the right color paint on the walls and making sure that um, everything is just fine-tuned. We, we have some surprises for people when they come in as far as, you know, um, art features or, or just stuff that we have to kind of um, make this space our own personality. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, the, the space was built out and it's pretty much done. Um, we got to pick the color paint and a couple other various um, small details inside. So um, we had our mark there, but it was really just the, the little details, the, uh, the touches of like the tap handles and the art on the walls and kind of how we uh, dress the space, the furniture that we put in, there was no furniture in here. So yeah. uh, those are ways we could really kind of put our mark on. Uh, we really just want people to be comfortable, have fun here. It's a clean, you know, simple environment, but it's not bare bones, uncomfortable, kind of sterile. Or it's not like your family feedback where you've got so many choshkis and whatnots on the wall that yeah, you feel yeah, like yeah. it's caving in on you. I know those restaurants from childhood, you're like, how many people really own those snowshoes that are on the wall? <laughs> Why are they here? So yeah, putting our personality and our touch on it, making people feel comfortable and at home, but also keeping it kind of simple, clean, you know? Well, I mean, people will see the interior as soon as they come here, but the exterior can be seen now and it is loud and it is proud and it is dope and it is incredibly on brand for this part of Santa Ana. And for anybody, and before I kind of let you guys describe it, this area is really, really cool because if anybody has not been here, first of all, come regardless of where you go because everybody (laughs) here rocks, but there's artwork everywhere. I mean, murals that cover entire buildings. I mean, this is a really art rich 
a city. It always has been, but especially this area. And the outside of you guys' building is awesome. I mean, you know, for something that is more simplistic inside and relaxed and is not going to be too, too loud, the outside of the building Pretty much the opposite. It's loud. (laughs) That's going to be quite the change when people see it for the first time coming through those doors. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty loud out there. Without kind of spoiling it too much, because I want people to kind of experience this for themselves. How did you guys make the decision to design the exterior in such a way that it kind of matches the surrounding area like this? It's a very funny, semi-long story. I'll let Kevin tell it. I think I can summarize it pretty good. So initially yeah. there was a pretty famous graffiti artist that had done a lot of artwork on the building. Yeah. Um, when we took it over uh, through some miscommunication with a painter, the exterior got painted completely black. Uh, so it Ugh. not only it stuck out in a bad way. I walked, way around, I walked around that corner that morning and I was like, no, like we're opening like a arms in the air. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. So all the, all the work that the previous graffiti artist had done was gone. And it was also just this oh, dark no. black, cancerous looking building sitting yeah. out there and until he takes away from the like you said all the art everywhere in here um our whole back alley is just nothing but graffiti and art yeah, it's and stunning it's super um, cool it's, uh, re- it's really neat and we, yeah, we so felt we, like we did Santa Ana wrong when yeah, we, that got painted over it's like oh my god run yeah well we like literally <laughs> would have people on the streets like pointing and be like what like you can see their mouths going like what happened or along like, we those didn't lines. do it we didn't do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so yeah, we, we had to find somebody local. There's actually a, a store next to us that sells uh, the paints and supplies. And uh, so we reached out to them and said, hey, if you guys got any uh, good people that you want to refer to us uh, to help us out here. We want to make this right. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so we want to make sure we, uh, we fit in. That's awesome. It says uh, XS, X-C-E-S. Um, you can find him on Instagram. Yeah, he was very helpful. XS the Witness. He was, a, he was really just down for the project, understood what we were going through and how fa- how bad we felt. So he uh, yeah. he stepped in real quick. He got, that, awesome. he got that back up on the wall within a week of it getting painted over. So it was, it was good to see it back. And as far as the art concept, it was um, have fun, man. <laughs> just yeah. go said, for it. Yeah. I said it used to be really colorful. We want to get back to the colors. Um, we don't really have a concept. So he just kind of had fun with it. That's awesome. Yeah, when you look at the art close enough, you'll notice little Easter eggs throughout the, the piece. So it was pretty fun. Well, when I first pulled up, I, because I hadn't seen it in person yet, um, just as kind of a lot of people listening, when they come here for the first time, they may not have seen it yet. It was cool to kind of just stand outside for a minute and be like, I'm seeing a lot of really cool things. And then I got to remember that I got to pay for parking. But yeah, I stood out there for a while, just kind of looking at it and being like, oh yeah, I got to go inside and record now. Don't forget there's (laughs) free parking behind uh, 4th Street Market. That's true. That's true. Um, Santa Ana specifically has been through so much, especially this area with kind of the public transportation situation and they kind of ripped up 4th Street for a long time. A lot of people were kind of hurt. This is a really tight knit community. What does it feel like for you guys to kind of come into it and to bring something new and something different, but also, again, step into a really vibrant and really supportive and, and kind of embracing an awesome community? I think we just want to be contributors. I think we just want to add to the fun and the flair and the, you know, just because the city is super cool. And yeah. we we felt like when we found this space, it was like mana from heaven. It was a blessing, you know? So. Yeah. It's a, a place I've always enjoyed hanging out and, and shopping and eating. So uh, when the, when it became available, it was you know pretty exciting to, to come in here. And uh, like you said, we just kind of want to make sure that we uh, give back to the community and, and, uh, do our part to uh, make it better here totally, and add to it. And uh, we've been really, uh, really fortunate that 
anywhere we walk on the street, any other business that we go into, they're all really excited to have us here. Um, That's awesome. So it's, it's been really good. Yeah, the, we're just two Orange County boys trying to make right. You know, we're yeah. trying to, we, we, like I said, we're Orange County born, born and bred, and we have no desire to really leave until we really own this county and make it our own. So, yeah, we, we respect that a lot. It's one thing to be involved in the community and, and to kind of ingratiate yourselves into it. It sounds like you guys are doing a great job doing that, and the community is welcoming you back with open arms. From the customer standpoint, being in a food truck and, you know, not just a food truck, but arguably, I would say probably the most popular in Orange County um, for the entire time you guys were operating. Thank you. People, they sought you out, right? It was an experience. Where are you going today? Well, it depends on where Hammer's at, things like that. Now you're bringing people to you. Maybe some of your people, it was easier uh, for them to bounce around Anaheim. Maybe it was easier for them to head down to Gunwale or something like that. What is it like now to be like, we're here, like, we're not going to be mobile anymore. It's a concentrated space. We now need you to come to us. Whereas for a while, you were maybe going to them. Is there any fear that like you may, some people may not be able to make that drive. Like if they live far from Santa Ana or anything like that. Oh yeah. There's always a fear. You know how people get comfortable in their own little zones, you know, like their, their five mile, five mile radius, but you know, Kevin's working really hard on getting an exclusive top line beer list, you know, so we're going to have 12 taps and he can tell you more about it. But, you know, we're, we're with the relationship that we developed and just the know-how of the, our, our local industry in beer. We want to make the beer drinkers that went to those breweries that have a burger now to be able to come and have a burger and have different options, you know, not have to just go to Radiant that day. But they can get Radiant here, Green Cheek, Rip and, you know, everywhere and everything else in between. Right. And then uh, in the same breath, on the other side of the building, we've got a beautiful dining room for families to be able to come celebrate their birthday, celebrate, you know, a, a great win on the on the baseball field that day. You know, it, we, we there's options. So you're not just pigeonholed into this and that, you know. Well, I do want to talk about the beers because, Kevin, for people that may not know, you are a beer guy. You were at Gunwale when kind of Hammer first started getting off the ground. I mean, you, you know beers very well. Orange County is one of the things I'm most grateful of. We don't lack in great beer. We have a lot of people doing a lot of really kick-ass stuff. When you were taking the truck beforehand, obviously you're getting to go support friends, you're going to their breweries. What is it like for you, kind of specifically as somebody with a history in that industry, to now be able to be like, I have tap space. I can do this. I can curate my list. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's weird to be on the uh, buying end of things. And I've been, I <laughs> was a professional brewer for 12 years. So I was always uh, making and selling beer. So uh, it's exciting to uh, now get to buy what I want to have on here and what I think people will enjoy. Um, we've already done a couple of collabs. We, you know, we've got some exciting um, special beers that we'll be able to do. Um, and through our relationships, hopefully we'll be able to get some, some kegs and different beers that no one else is getting. Uh, and then we're also looking into doing some, uh, some contracting or private labeling and having some of our own beers in here. So, Do you ever have to stop for a minute and be like, okay, wait, I like all these, but will everybody else like them? You don't just want it to be Kevin's list. You want to make sure that there's something for everybody? Yeah, luckily... Uh, <laughs> I like most beer, if not all beer. So, I mean, if, we're, um, if we're being honest, it would be West Coast IPAs and Pilsners, pretty all much up, yeah. up and down the the rack. But no, we're being smart about it. Yeah, we know um, we know what people like, and we'll make sure that uh, there's something for everybody here. Getting into this industry, whether it's a food truck or a brick and mortar space, um, 
there's always a lot of unknowns, right? Kind of the running joke is that if you want to be, you know, a chef owner of a restaurant, it doesn't matter if you can cook, you need to be, you know, you need to know plumbing and electrical and, you know, (laughs) general maintenance, things like that. That'll help you get off the ground a little faster. You guys mentioned that this has been a completely different process, rightfully so, than opening a truck. But what are some of the things, I guess, on the day-to-day operation side that you're looking forward to here that are different than driving the truck and running the truck? I'm assuming traffic would be one of them, first of all. But <laughs> yeah, what are some of the day-to-day things that you guys are looking forward to now that you're settled into a spot? I mean, for me, as you know, the cook, I love a routine, right? So yeah. um, on the truck, you know, I'd be on in the morning for three or four hours and then go take like you know, and a little nap and eat some lunch and then get back on the truck for another six or seven hours. So now I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going up and down the five freeway all the time anymore, which is a nice thing. Um, but um, I think for me, it, it's working with, you know, 18 new employees and um, being in a city that, you know, we're very strong in other cities. And, and it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's hit or miss, but it's, you know, we're we're going to be growing with as the city learns us we're going to be growing with them too so that's yeah. that's an exciting challenge and always try to be cutting edge on the you know on the forefront of trying to please, please those you know, critics or fans right uh but what what do you think kevin um i'm really excited to get to interact with our customers it's always been oh, kind that's of a good uh, point <laughs> we, i feel like we've always provided pretty good customer service and we're always very friendly but we're looking at you through a you know a 6 by 6 window and it's a little, uh, it's a little easier to have face-to-face time and be able to touch tables when we're, you know, not stuck well, in inside of a tube. Yeah, I mean, running like running a food truck is kind of like being a Disney cast member. It's like people know what they're coming for; they can see it, but they have no idea sometimes who's actually on the inside. Right. Yeah. Totally. Well, you know, but we honestly made an effort because, um, like Kevin said, customer service is is a key note in our, you know, our pillar of success. So, um, you know, we wouldn't be who we are unless um, a that we're just polite people but then the response that we get from from us just being naturally ourselves and and our concern for food quality or, or just general happiness whether it's with our employees or it's with our customers so you know it was it, it's fun to see the response you know because yeah. it's something that we really care about from the standpoint and you kind of mentioned it and i was going to ask it i mean again maximum let's say maximum busy busiest day on the food truck how many employees were you guys running at at most so including the two of us, uh, four total, I and mean, we'd have two other people. Uh, okay. Those were only the days when we, uh, basically in the last few weeks of the truck, when we just knew the lines were going to be double what they normally were. And now, needless to say, even at a place that is a good size, this is not a massive restaurant, and that probably is for the better as far as like getting feet underneath yourselves and stuff like that, you're going to be running a lot more employees. What has that process been like, not just from a hiring standpoint, which seems to be a point of contention across the entire industry nationwide, maybe even worldwide to some degree, but also just from a managerial standpoint, having to keep your eyes on kind of that many different moving pieces throughout the day? I mean, with, with Kevin and I's background, we had to do it in the past. You know, I've, I've been in restaurants since I've been 15, and Kevin, yeah. likewise, has been in a breweries managing people since, what, you're 19, 20? Or uh, not, that doesn't yeah. make sense, 21, 22? 23-ish. Yeah. So, I mean, not that we're old farts, but we've been doing this, doing for a while now. So uh, we're comfortable with, with, I wouldn't say micromanaging, but um, having attention to detail when need be and then letting our employees grow into their position as well. Yeah. So, you you know, I, I like this term, you coach from a distance, right? You're there to make sure that they're comfortable and always have the right tools to be successful. 
But then, you know, here and there, they're going to make a mistake. And you don't have to beat them up. Let them learn from those mistakes and 100%, grow. Yeah. So, you know, um, that's what we're hoping for, you know. How was the, the hiring process itself? Getting interest and getting people in and, and getting, you know, especially I know that sometimes the back of the house is easier than the front of the house or vice versa. It can be switched. How was that process like? I feel like we got pretty lucky on this yeah. first round. I and mean, we had a lot of people that we needed to hire and that was a little bit daunting. Uh, just like you said, it's historically in the last few years, it's been a little bit rough finding uh, quality candidates. But yeah. um, we pretty much just put it on Instagram and Craigslist and through word of mouth, we were able to get a decent number of applicants and we had some really, really great, great people that we brought on board. So we're excited. That's it, it, it was very humbling and it was, it was a, quite a compliment to see the enthusiasm with some of the people that came through the doors asking for a job. It was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to wind down this main episode. Um, I am going to keep you guys around for a bonus episode because I have a handful of other questions and I really, 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 if nothing else, selfishly want them answered. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> Um, this will be publishing, like I said, about a day or two, give or take before the official opening. But for people that are curious, when are you guys going to be opening up? What are those kind of hours going to be like? And I guess just in general, kind of what days of the week, et cetera. Uh, we're going to be opening, we're going to be open six days a week. So it'll be Tuesday through Thursday and then Sunday, 11 till 8 PM. And then Friday, Saturday, we'll extend our hours till 10 PM. So okay. it'll be 11 till 10 Friday and Saturday. Nice. Some late night yeah. smashies. I like that. And then, you know, if we notice that there's a crowd and there's and there's uh, a demand for us to be open a little bit later, you know, down the line when we can maybe staff a little bit more or get a better uh, feel for our pars or whatever, you know, that's definitely an option down the line to extend our hours. And for people that may not already know where to find you guys to find information, whether it's social media, websites, things like that, where can people do that at? Uh, yeah, our website is hammerburger.com. Uh, Instagram is pretty much the best place to find us on social media. That's uh, hammer.burger. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and all that. Um, but that's all linked on our website. And then our uh, address here is 313 North Bush Street in Santa Ana. Is it going to be refreshing to not have to post weekly on where you're going and update if something changes, et cetera? Uh, yeah, it'll be nice. I still, yeah. <laughs> we still daily have to tell people that we don't have a food truck anymore, so we can't do catering, but, uh, eventually word will get out and they'll come, come find us. It's, That's awesome. it's so sad because we have to turn these people down. We're like, well, just maybe come to the restaurant and enjoy yeah. that experience instead. Come to the real one. <laughs> well guys, again, like I said, I'm going to wind down this main episode before I keep you guys around for a bonus episode, but I want to congratulate you on all the success. I've been a diehard fan of Hamburger ever since the very first time having to wait in line to drive through to pick it up in like a front lawn back in 2020. <laughs> extremely excited for you guys to open. We'll absolutely be here on day one. And I hope that everybody listening will also swing through and show their love and support because you guys are doing something awesome. I am on the supporting team saying the original smash burger here in this area. And it's a damn good one at that. Thank you. Thank you thank so you. much. We'll see y'all on or after May 5th. Thank you. Let's guys. go. Shout out to Kevin and Curtis. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on the show. Again, it's one thing to get somebody back on the show, but when they were literally, I think we recorded this like a week and a half before they were opening, so they were in the thick of it. Shout out to you guys for taking the time to do it, um, allowing me to come into the space and set up shop and get you guys on the show. Thank you so much. If you are listening to this on the day that it drops on Patreon or within about two to three days, go get in line now, because like I said, May 5th, they are opening. If you are listening to this later on free feeds, sorry you missed the grand opening, but go 
go get in line anyway because there is nothing like their flat burgers. Shout out to Ali Coyle once again who provides the music for the show. Thank you so much to my advertising partners who help support this in a major way. But most of all, thank you to everybody on Patreon who supports each and every month. I could not do this without you. Much love, everybody. Stay safe out there. Stay off Yelp. Tip your bartenders. Have fun. And I'll see you at Hammerburger. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Crawford McCarthy, founder and principal of The Best Seats. It's based in Orange County, California. It is subsidized through generous monthly donations at patreon.com forward slash The Best Seats. The following are the names of those who subscribe to the highest monthly tier, aka norm status, and allow me to continue producing this show each and every month. As a thank you for their continued support, here are the names. Serena Warino, George Pavlov, Eric Lutz, Paige Reardon, Loco Lipo, Tim Falk, Burrito No Rito, Sasha Lyons, Subtle Bubbles, Jay Baker, Tim Swine, Burgermaster, It Ain't Easy Being Greasy, Boyga Kang. Thank you for your support.